you allow him to turn the corner, mama, there goes that man. Puts up the shot. It's good. Kyrie Irving. Oh, if you don't like that, you don't like NBA basketball. Oh, boy. Welcome, everyone, to the First Pick Podcast, your source for NBA news-related content. Thanks for listening. Welcome, everyone, back to another episode of the First Pick Podcast. We're here today with another team review. Now, quick PSA before we get into the team review and we start talking the Brooklyn Nets. Episodes will now be airing from Tuesday and Thursdays only. I am a part-time college student, so I I do got to kind of find the time to record this. But I do feel like getting out episodes to you guys, too times a week is pretty good content and i will be giving you guys content via the instagram and the twitter so please give a follow over there remember the names of the two socials we got the instagram at the underscore first pick pod and we have the twitter at capital t f first pick pod if you can't find the twitter head over to the instagram click the link tree in the bio scroll down you should be able to find the twitter give us a follow over there on twitter i really would appreciate that it really seems like you guys are really liking the reels that I've been doing so far. I've been doing start bench cuts with different NBA players. I plan on adding more, you know, non-start based cuts questions, more of just like, who would you rather? Or, you know, just stuff like that. So be as interactive with it as possible. Share to your friends. It's on Instagram Reels so far. TikTok could be coming soon. I do realize that is a fast way to grow in today's world. So that could be coming very soon. But yeah, I'm really excited with the way that the podcast is heading. I really like how you guys are enjoying the content. And yeah, without further ado, let's get to the Brooklyn Nets now. This is a really interesting team. I really do like Brooklyn. I really like that, you know, the years before they got KD and... Kyrie, that uh, Brooklyn Nets led by D'Angelo Russell and all-star D'Angelo. I really did like that Brooklyn Nets team. So I feel like they're in for another one of those type of years this year. They finished the year 45 and 37. Now, fourth in the Atlantic division, which is, I want to say, almost last. But they ended as the sixth seed. They weren't in the play-in. They were able to avoid the plan and kind of just in the first round against the 76ers. Now, did it end really good? Not really. They got swept in the first round by the MVP. They lost 121 to 101, 96 84, 102 97, and 96-88. If we look at those three games, one time they passed over 100 points, and that was 101. And that was the first game of the series. Usually that's when like the least amount of defense is being played, only because, you know, that is probably the teams when they're still trying to figure out, you know, like a feeler type of game. Um, but nevertheless, Brooklyn's roster, what they did this offseason is kind of interesting. The rumors that they're in right now is very interesting. It's another team similar to Atlanta, not like the Celtics that I did the episodes on previously, where, you know, you don't know what they're really going to give you. They could surprise and be a third team in a trade. They could make a trade themselves. But the one thing I do want to talk about when it comes to Brooklyn is I want to talk about, you know, all their moves that they've done and who do I think needs to be an X factor and who do I think is the catalyst for this team in order for them to keep afloat and be a playoff team. And, you know, right now they're in the middle of the East and I feel like the East got a lot stronger. So they got to really step up their game, but let's talk about their transactions, everything they did. So they started off off season in the draft and I feel like they had a tremendous draft. They ended up drafting Derek Whitehead and Noah Clownley with their back-to-back picks. I want to say 21 and 22. And I think that's tremendous value for them. Nick Claxton is set to enter free agency next year. They haven't. They've opened contract 
renegotiations with him. But at that point, you got to ask yourself as a front office, how much are you paying Nick Claxton? He's a phenomenal player. He is extremely efficient. He is a tremendous defender. He's essentially your anchor on defense. And he really stepped up to the role last year when he was asked to be, you know, the starting center. I feel like he answered great. He was a really good piece when they had Durant and Kyrie, and he was a great piece when they didn't. I think he ends up staying in Brooklyn, but getting a guy like Noah Clownley at like 22, that's a really good value for him. I really liked him coming out of the draft. He is a high rebounder, high motor, does a lot of the dirty work. And I think that's something that Brooklyn, you know, kind of needs. This identity for this Brooklyn squad to the fans outside probably don't know what it is, but the fact that we're going to be able to see that and grow with it, that's going to be really, really fun. I'm really, really excited for that. And Derek Whitehead, he got injured through the whole pre-death process, and he didn't play summer league at all. But Derek Whitehead is just someone that, you know, in the right system, he's just, he can really flourish. He struggled at Duke. He was a really highly touted high school prospect player. He was jumping out of the gym, averaging multiple 20-point games, really, really good, and then gets to Duke, kind of gets injured again, but comes back 40% three-point shooter, which he didn't show in high school. But that athleticism, you know, kind of took a dip, but he was still a really good player. So you hope that with a couple healthy years under him, he can put all that together and he can really develop into the player I think he really can be, which is starting guard in this league. I really do think Derek Whitehead could really become that in today's NBA. Now, Brooklyn kind of kept the same, you know, roster heading into the, the year. They brought in Dennis Smith Jr., Lonnie Walker, and Darius Baisley, and then the two guys they dropped. So they brought back five guys. They re-signed their own Cameron Johnson. Yes, so as I'm looking at my sources, it is a four-year, $108 million contract. It's a lot of money for a guy like Cameron Johnson, but he actually played really good in the playoffs. There were at times where he was their second scoring option behind Mikal Bridges. Mikal Bridges at times, you know, becoming that first option, it was a little tough for him to, you know, get his own. And Cam was able to come in there and be a solid option for them. And I really do like what he did there. I do think he is for sure they're starting small forward this upcoming year. We'll get to the guys that they brought in in a bit. But I kind of wanted to go over their depth chart and then how those guys that they brought in, you know, kind of affects that depth chart. So ESPN here has their starting lineup, same as last year. They have Spencer Dinwiddie at the one, Mikal Bridges at the two, Cameron Johnson at the three, Dorian Finney-Smith at the four, and Nick Claxton in at the five. I think this is a solid play-in roster. That's starting five alone. I will be expecting Mikel Bridges to take that all-star leap next year. He came into Brooklyn, and he just started tearing it up offensive-wise. So I do think Mikel will be an all-star this year. I will be coming out with prediction episodes, as I have been letting you guys know. Mikel Bridges will be on the all-star list. I just think he plays a terrific game. He'll keep Brooklyn afloat. He kind of gives me Laurie Markkinen vibes of what we got last year. You know, the guy that keeps his team that should be tanking in playoff consideration. I do think Mikel Bridges gets the nod. Spencer Dinwiddie, I'm not that fond of. Been traded multiple times, but he has had his best years in Brooklyn. And I did say I'm a fan of Brooklyn when they had that year in D'Angelo where it was just a bunch of role players and one all-star. I think Spencer Dinwiddie could really duplicate that. And if he does, you know, that really could work in their favor. Cameron Johnson, as I just mentioned, really nice second option for them. I do think he can really flourish over there in Brooklyn and become a second option officially. I think this year he could average 20 points next to Mikhail's 20. I do think that's a real possibility. Dorian Finney-Smith, I'll get to him and another guy later. 
I don't think he stays the whole year on Brooklyn, but if he does, he's a good three-point shooter. He's a good defender. He's just one of those lengthy wings that you'd love to have. He's on a decent contract. I do think he is definitely someone to keep an eye out, though, for this season. And Nick Claxton, as I mentioned, contract year. Guys usually play their best when they're in their contract year just because they kind of want to be able to, you know, show their teams, oh, you need me, and this past season was just the reason why. I think Nick Claxton will have that same, you know, mentality. I do think he'll be going for the money. I do think whoever offers him the most money. I do think that, however, will be Brooklyn because I do think Brooklyn values his continuity with that same roster. And I do think that that's something that will be continuing in the future, their partnership. The second unit for them, they got Dennis Smith Jr., new acquisition, Lonnie Walker, new acquisition, Royce O'Neal, Ben Simmons, who was injured a lot last year, and Daron Sharp. Um, Daron and Noah Clowney, that's something that can be fought for throughout training camp. I think Noah Clowney can easily win him in that backup five row but I do think you know it's an NBA season it's 82 games as do I want Nick Claxton to play every single game of course I do I think he's capable of that do I think there's a chance that maybe he misses a game or two and then Noah Clowney be able to show why he was picked where he was I do think that's also possible as well but that center spot I think it's very fluid I think it's those three guys only those three guys I mean at points you can try to run Ben Simmons at the backup center they tried it last year when they had Katie and Kyrie they tried it a bit when McCow got there I do like Ben Simmons. We are going to talk more about Ben Simmons. As a matter of fact, let's just talk about Ben Simmons right now. They have him slated as the backup four, which how have the mighty have fallen. As I said that in another episode, I, I think Ben Simmons is still a good NBA player. I think deep down inside, I think it's just a mental thing. I think Ben Simmons, you know, it does something to someone mentally when everyone doubts you. And that series against Atlanta a couple years back where everyone said, how did he not lay up the ball? He played so bad, scoring only like two points here and there. And, you know, that does something to someone. He, his whole life, he's been kind of like deemed the next LeBron, the next magic, you know, like put on a pedestal everywhere. And this is really the first time he's really faced adversity. Hell, he missed his whole rookie year because he was injured, came back and went rookie of the year, you know, like he's been put on this pedestal, given excuses and stuff. And I feel like this is the first time in his career where, you know, he has to prove himself again. And I mean, I want him to show out and show up like, you know, don't doubt me again. Just know if Brooklyn do get a prime version of Ben Simmons, they're easily a playoff team, easily a playoff team. Now, it all does depend on what version of Ben Simmons they do get. I am also fine with Ben Simmons becoming a Draymond Green player. You know, I only averaging seven, but giving you five assists, five rebounds and you know two blocks that's fine that that can get you something good do i think that's worth the contract he has now no i definitely think that it will be renegotiated and he will become a more fairly paid player but my same deal was kind of like with westbrook when he was on la and he switched to the other la team westbrook at 47 million is a terrible contract it's something where his inefficiency show his turnover show you expect him to be the number one guy because he's getting paid like the number one guy but he's kind of, you know, really falling short of that. Westbrook on a the contract he is now, $4 million, that's tremendous value. You're getting a guy who can get 15, 5, and 5. You know, not good shooting, not good efficiency, not good, you know, turnovers. He gets turnovers a lot. But at that money, at that value, you're, you're not getting anything better. Ben Simmons is something similar to that. He's the highest paid player on this team. Is he deservingly? Probably not right now. It's the reason why he's the backup four. 
I have Mikel over him as the first option. I even have Cam Johnson in over the sec the second option. And hell, I might even have Nicholas Claxton over him as that third option. He is realistically a role player to start the season. I hopefully, I really do hope he comes in the season healthy. He has no problems. Back injuries are tremendously serious, guys. And I do think with the correct treatment, with the correct training staff, with the correct mindset, that Philadelphia Ben Simmons is still in there. And I do think if Brooklyn can unlock that, they're a completely different trajectory that I'm going to put them in this video. Now, Royce O'Neal, backup three, him and Dorian Finney-Smith. Those are the two guys I wanted to talk about. Dorian Finney-Smith and Royce O'Neal were, were really hot names in the trade market this offseason. They were linked to multiple contenders, the Lakers, the Bucks, the Warriors. They were linked to a lot of teams, and rightfully so. They're wings that shoot really high percentage from three. They play really good defense, and they're extremely versatile. They're both really good height, as I just mentioned. But yes, those guys are valuable in the NBA. If Brooklyn is not having the season they're having or they're at the trade deadline and they don't know which direction to go, those two guys are guys who can realistically be on the move. Royce O'Neal more so than Dorian Finney-Smith. Royce O'Neal's on the last year of his contract. He's going to be on that same type of mentality that Nick Claxton was where, you know, I'm playing my best so I can get paid the best. And I do think that Royce O'Neal probably is the one on this roster that isn't able to, you know, play out the year with Brooklyn, which, I mean, it kind of makes sense because if you take out Russell Neal from the equation, you're able to open up more minutes for, you know, Cam Thomas, who we're going to get to a little bit later, Lonnie Walker, Dorian Finney-Smith, Benson. You're able to open up minutes for everyone else. So I do think Royce O'Neal is someone that maybe is not on this roster. But for the meanwhile, it's a great backup three. I do think that he could probably even start because I think he had a better playoffs than Dorian Finney-Smith. But we'll see come training camp. But, yeah, I really do like Royce O'Neal in there at the backup three. Lonnie Walker and Dennis Smith Jr., this is a new backcourt for them. And I really like it. I really do. Dennis Smith Jr. is quietly one of the best defenders in the league. I love the story how he was out of the league for a while, put his head down, did the work, came back, and he had a tremendous year in Charlotte. A, a lot of the NBA is opportunity, and LaMelo Ball was hurt a lot last year, and Dennis Smith Jr. was asked to play a ton of minutes, and he stepped up. He provided good defense. He provided decent shooting. And I really like this fit in Brooklyn. I mean, if there's a chance that, you know, something... Obviously, knock on wood, we don't want no one to get hurt. But in scenarios where he ends up being a starter, I really like that fit next to Macau because of his defense. Him and Macau on the perimeter defending is really, really good. And I think his athleticism just he's become a new player and I'm all for it. I really do like Dennis Smith Jr. And I'm really happy for him. Lonnie Walker, too. He left the L.A. Lakers after a really, really good and surprising playoffs he was out of the rotation. Also kept his head down, just waited for his opportunity. The NBA is just a chance of opportunity. If you get an opportunity and you seize your opportunity, you're suddenly on another roster for the next at least two years because people will remember what you did a couple years back for, you know, the situation you were in. Lonnie, he was in LA, start of the year, heavy rotation minutes, trade deadline happened. He kind of was, you know, not getting any PT. He wasn't labeled as a good defender. He was labeled as an inconsistent scorer. Golden State Series down at home in Staples. And he, you know, delivers. He delivers one of the best playoff performances. We saw this playoffs. He was able to uplift L.A., bring them back, and win that game, kind of putting the nail in the coffin in the series because they just needed one more for elimination. Really, really good for them. I do think Lonnie Walker can provide a scoring for them because, as I mentioned, in the playoffs, they only scored over 100 once. And Lonnie Walker, if he does anything good, it's put points on the board. And that's something that, you know, Brooklyn really does need. Do I can see a lineup where he ends up, 
you know, with Mikhail and Cam Johnson in there with Spencer Dinwiddie, where it could be Spencer, Lonnie, Mikhail, Cameron, and Nick. And, you know, you have three scores in that lineup, maybe even four that, you know, you got to guard them because they can score the ball at any level. They can shoot threes. They can drive to the rim, penetrate, kick out good shooters because Lonnie also did show he was a good shooter. I do think it's a great fit for him. I do like that for them very much. Some guys that I didn't really talk about because they're not even in the second rotation. Camp Thomas, Darius Baisley, someone they added. Derek Whitehead, obviously. Derek Whitehead, we might need a couple more months or weeks to heal. You know, I think he should be ready by training camp, but you know, nothing set in stone. Everyone heals differently, but Darius Baisley is someone that they brought in. Another guy that they can do just a young flyer on. Let's say, you know, injuries pile up. Darius Baisley can definitely go in there, get you a couple of points, rebounds. I think he's a high-energy guy. I think I remember when they made it a big deal that he was, you know, an intern at New Balance, and he was one of those players that, you know, if developed correctly, could be really, really good. And I still do believe so. I think he can definitely be good if developed correctly. But, you know, now you're kind of hoping at a rotation player out of him, hopefully. Um which I, I definitely think he can definitely do. He's super, you know, athletic. And I think that's all you really need in today's NBA. Be athletic and be able to run the floor. And I think Darius basically can definitely do that. Cam Thomas is someone who I would really want them to find minutes for. He is a bucket. Now, I can see why they don't play him. His defense isn't the best. He is a shot chucker at its finest. He is. He will ask for the ball and not pass it to anyone. But, I mean, we just saw on the recent episode of Podcast P where Paul George had McCall Bridges on. Cam Thomas practices these shots. He's not just going in the game and shooting shots that he doesn't practice. He is a scorer at heart. Do I think that he'll get a chance this upcoming season? I would hope so. But the signing of Lonnie Walker, the signing of Dennis Smith Jr., unless you do trade Royce O'Neal or Dorian Finney-Smith, it's going to be really hard for him to get minutes. And I really do like Cam Thomas. I think he can definitely be a 15 to, you know, 17 point per game score if given minutes correctly. I think my most likely outcome for this with Cam Thomas is he enters restricted free agency. They pull his rights away and he ends up signing with a team for like the veteran minimum just because no one has given him a shot. And then he's going to go on set team, take that minimum contract, and then get paid the following offseason a lot more because that team that signed up to the minimum will end up playing him and he'll end up showing out that he's worth way more than a minimum. I do think he's headed towards that real same path. He reminds me a lot of Malik Monk when he gets minutes. Just super athletic, score at its finest, you know. And I, and I do think he's following that same career path. But I would not be surprised if Cam Thomas does get minutes this offseason, however. But, you know, it's going to come in bits and pieces, not, you know, anything consistent. I don't think so, at least. Now, let's talk about the floor and the ceiling for this Brooklyn team. Now, they were the sixth seed, 45-37 and 37, this past season. I do think they take a step back, but a step forward. I think, let me explain this to you. I think they're a playing team. I don't think they're lower than the 10th seed. I think they are around the 8th to 10th seed. I think they're in and about there. I do, however, they did take a step back in the seeding, but I think they'll take a really big leap in their development. I think Mikhail Bridges will be an all-star. I think Cameron Johnson will solidify himself as a second option, a viable second option. I think Nick Claxton will play tremendous. And I think Ben Simmons will be, you know, a guy that they can depend on in the rotation and maybe even some games become a starter again. I just think that that really is something that can happen in Brooklyn. So 
step back, but a bunch of steps forward, if that really makes sense. I do think that's really something in the picture for them. I do think they hover around 40 wins, hover around, you know, later 30s around there, around 35 to 42 games, I think. I think their ideal scenario is like 42 and 40, maybe 40 and 42 is more realistic. Um, But yeah, or maybe even 41-41. You know, dead set in the middle. I don't think they're going to be good. I don't think they're going to be bad. I think they're going to be straight in the center. 41 and 41 as the ninth seed. I think that's how it's going to play out for Brooklyn. couple games lost, but they end up, you know, doing a lot better than they did last offseason. Now we got to essentially talk about, okay, do I think they're going to make the playoffs? Do I think they're not going to make the playoffs? Now, assuming they make the play-in, with the other teams that I have in the playing spots, I have Atlanta, and then I have two other teams that I have not made an episode on yet. Just based off what I think, I think, as I said, the NBA is about opportunity. If someone on X team isn't playing because of this, or let's say Cam Thomas has a tremendous game in the play-in, I think if they make... I think their ceiling is they make the play-in first round and they make it competitive. They're not getting swept. If they cannot get swept in the first round, that's a good season for them. If they can give it like a six or seven game series to a really high seed, that's a really good series for them. I think their floor is that they just missed the playing in general. And that's, you know, everything went wrong. McCall Bridges, something didn't develop. Cameron Johnson looking like a terrible contract. That's assuming the worst that they don't become a playing team, that they're like the 11th seed and they barely miss out. I think that's their floor. But, you know, their ceiling is it's it's a pretty high ceiling for a team that's rebuilding. Now, obviously, there have been rumors that Brooklyn do want to, you know, be a third team. There are interested in guys like Tyler Hero and a guy like Tyler Hero, you know, it fits. It's a guy that does fit in this roster. It's a guy that can give them that scoring punch that they desperately needed. The reasons why they brought in a guy like Lonnie Walker and retained a guy like Cameron Johnson. it It's good. I think if they can send out a package of like DFS, Royce O'Neal, Cam Thomas, and like something else, or even just Benson, like some, if they send up something and still keep the core of Mikhail, Cameron, and Clax, and they bring in someone like Tyler Hero, that moves up their ceiling, but it moves up their ceiling, you know, a little short. It kind of just insinuates they'll definitely be a playing team. Their floor, their ceiling and their floor is the playing. And then they will be a competitive playoff team. Maybe a second-round team? Maybe. That is a heavy maybe. I'm putting a lot of pressure on Tyler Hero if he if he does end up getting traded there. But, you know, it's all rumors and speculation right now. But, you know, I do think Tyler Hero is that difference maker between, you know, winning a couple of playoff games and not. So I can definitely see that. Now, now that I finished, you know, the Brooklyn Nets preview, I kind of want to – Go over some NBA news and rumors. Although, as I mentioned, the part of this podcast is varies from time to time only because, you know, we don't really have much news in the NBA right now. The biggest headline, I guess, could be a couple guys signing to training camp deals where you still haven't heard nothing on Dame, nothing on Harden. Yeah, it's it's really scarce right now. Something I'll leave you guys with in relative NBA news is the select team for USA has been, you know, set in stone, which it's always an honor to be a part of the select team. It means that you're on the radar. You're someone that, you know, push comes to shove, can make the actual USA roster. Let me name these guys for you. Chet Holmgren, Jalen Williams, Cade Cunningham, Jalen Duran, Jalen Green, Quentin Grimes, 
Herb Jones, Trey Murphy, Keegan Murray, Peyton Pritchard, Nas Reed, Langston Galloway, John Jenkins, and Eric Mika. You know, it's a good select team. I think these time for the U.S. to you know start growing their younger talent only because I do believe that, you know, the past generation is about to retire. Duran is like 36. Curry is around late 30s as well. LeBron's almost close to retiring. You know, it's it's good to get these guys their reps. If I were to put my money on any of these guys making the Team USA roster, a guy like Kate Cunningham has a case. Jalen Green has a case. Keegan Murray has a really good case. Trey Murphy, Nas Reed. The guy that kind of does surprise me is Langston Galloway. It's a name I haven't heard a lot, but he's played with the Team USA for the time being, and he's been killing it, so I'm not surprised really that he got that spot, but just to know, see his name in those group, because if you know, Langston Galloway was a bucket, um, played for the Knicks, and then went to Detroit, was a really good bucket. He was, you know, their scorer when they were really, really bad, so Langston Galloway, I'm happy he's getting his opportunity, but besides that, that's all I really do have for, you know, NBA news. It really is slow, so I'm going to be posting a lot of more, you know, video content on the Instagram and the Twitter just because of how slow the content is. There's not really that much news. I want you guys to, you know, give feedback, whether that's through the Instagram, through the Twitter. Would you guys want to see, like, the scores of every game for the NBA? You know, I give you guys, like, the highlight of the, the game and stuff like that. Would that be something that interests you guys? I can definitely, you know, keep up with that. I, I would be able to do that. Yeah, if that's something that you guys are interested in, totally down for that. Now, the next team that we're going to be doing is we're going to be doing the Charlotte Hornets. That's going to be a really, really fun team. Melo, you know, Miles Bridges, Brandon Miller, Gordon Hayward, Terry Rozier. That's going to be something, a really fun episode as we do a deep dive on to them. But yeah, thank you guys so much, you know, for tuning in for another episode of the First Pick Podcast, the Brooklyn Nets season preview. I really do appreciate you guys giving me a listen. Remember, we're going to be on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and SoundCloud. Please give us a listen, share with a friend, give us a five-star rating. And if you're on YouTube, make sure to hit the subscribe bell. Show to other people that we do have a YouTube. Tell your friends to also subscribe. We're also on Reels, so make sure to share those. Repost them on your story. Reposts are great. Comment. Debate in the comments with everyone else. That's really, really fun. That's actually one of my favorite things when I see people comment, you know, like, oh, this person was better than this person. That's something that's really, really cool to me. Because at the end of the day, we're all basketball nerds and we're all people that, you know, just want to know more about basketball. We want to, you know, hear other people's opinions. And I think that's the best part of it all. So, you know, just keep doing that. You guys are doing a tremendous job. Thank you guys so much. Remember to also follow the Instagram and the Twitter I mentioned at the beginning of the episode. But just in case you didn't hear it, it's the First Pick Podcast on Instagram and Twitter. The Instagram handle is at the underscore first pick pod. And the Twitter handle is at capital TF first pick pod. Remember, subscribe, follow those. I really would appreciate it. Anyways, peace.